Well, I kind of got the order a little bit wrong here, but uh, looks like we're live, guys. It must be Monday night with the snowmageddon coming. Can you feel it? It's coming for you. But with all seriousness, welcome back to another beautiful, lovely, delightful episode of My Fridge Just Turned On, also sometimes called Toronto Beer Podcast with me, Chris Schreier, your host. As always, lovely, lovely to be here on a cold, potentially snowy Monday night here in Toronto. It's not snowing yet, but it's gonna, it's coming guys, and then it's gonna rain. But you know what? We don't have to worry about that. So I got two cameras, I got Instagram, I got YouTube, I got my beautiful microphone picking up my dulcet tones, if I'm honest with myself, and uh, gonna have a little podcast time. Now, for those of you who aren't watching one of the live streams that tells you what it is I'm about to drink, we're gonna dive right in. Remembering friends, it is flagship February the month in which we focus on drinking the flagships of beers. Now, I have a confession to make. I don't know if this is technically a, this brewery's flagship, but if it's not, it should be. What we have tonight coming up into camera one and camera two, and both at the same time because I'm just that good, is a little ransack the universe from our friends at Collective Arts out in uh, Hamilton. Other side of the bay. Holy moly, that's far away. Man, I love this beer. This beer is my jam. And uh, we're going to get a little at-home foley here. <sighs> love watching those waveforms. Uh, as always, I'm a little bit leery. I hadn't even rinsed this glass out. It does not look super clean. We're going to have to see if the dirty beer glass police are going to come after me today. It might be my time. I might have run my race. So what is Ransack the Universe? Well, it is what I would call a new school uh, style IPA. Ransack also does make a, uh, Ransack, pardon me, Collective also makes a, uh, a New England style IPA called Life in the Clouds. Love that too. Beautiful beer. Um, but this one, this is not a West Coast style IPA, uh, although obviously modern IPAs that we're all getting into these days, they're all mostly relate back to that West Coast IPA from, uh, oh, gee golly, who would have been one of the first, I guess, uh, Sierra Nevada with pale ale. And then the IPA has kind of burst out from there. Um, these ones, uh, this is a very new style, very late hop heavy, not a lot of bittering hop. Whereas the West Coast IPAs, or like if you think about like Dogfish Head 60 Minute, for instance, there would have been a lot of hops still added at the earlier parts of the process. And for those of you who aren't familiar with this, I'll give you a quick, really oversimplified uh, description of what's going down. Um, when you're making beer, you have something called wort, which is um, an extraction of sugars from the grains that you've used. You you sort of steep the grains as you were, uh, like a tea perhaps, uh, in a very specifically temperatured water to uh, convert starches to sugars using enzymatic activity in the grains themselves. It's a fabulous, fabulous process. And for those of you who have never brewed or looked into it, you know, it's a it's an interesting hobby. I'm not going to lie about that. But anyway, uh, 
once you've made this wort, this steeped liquid, very, very, very sweet, sugary, sticky liquid, you then take it and bring it to a boil. And typically you're going to boil that, depending on the beer, anywhere from about 40 minutes, maybe up to two hours. can be quite a long boil. Uh, around 60 minutes is pretty normal. And uh, in that process, there's a lot of things happening. But one of the things is you can add your hops. And depending on when in that process you add your hops, seriously impacts how the hops impact the beer. I think I've used the word impact a few too many times, but you get the point I'm making. The longer the hops are in the kettle boiling, the more of the alpha acids, which are with the bittering agent in the hops you extract, but also the more of the aroma and flavor compounds get broken down. So if you were to only add the hops right at the beginning of the boil and then boil the beer for the full hour, what you would have would be a beer that had quite a bit of bitterness, but very little hop aroma or taste or character. The flip to that, of course, is if you only add hops at the end, you get very little perceived bitterness. That's the side of your tongue kind of in your cheeks bitterness, but you get a lot of the aroma because a lot of those volatile compounds that break down in the boil are still present. Um, and they can range, depending on the hop, from citrusy to floral to earthy to piney, sometimes mango. You get tropicals. Ooh, I like a tropical hop. But uh, typically IPAs, like the traditional West Coast ones, would have had a generous amount of early hops, we would say. That gives you that bitter feeling in your mouth. And then quite a bit of late hops to give you that aroma. You get the best of both worlds. Ransack the Universe uses what I, I alluded to already. It's the... Uh, the new school style of IPA. Oh, look, if you're looking on the camera, you see this bad boy's got some floaties. We can talk about that too. But uh, this beer has very little, possibly no uh, early hops. Uh, the hops are all going to come towards the end of the boil, maybe even after flame out, uh, which is when you turn the heat off under the boil and just let the beer come down in temperature a bit. Obviously, late hops have less bittering impacts. So you need to add a lot more, um, but you get tons and tons of the aroma, which is what we're looking for. And, uh, I know for a fact, cause I drink this beer all the time. This is a perfect, perfect example of the style. So let's get into it. And then I'll explain to you about the floaties. And if you're following along at home, suffice to say, a lava lamp might not be a generous assessment, but there is a not insignificant amount of chunk to this beer, but it's fine. Totally fine to drink that. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people like myself are indifferent, but uh, it is a chunky one. So we're going to give it a sniff. Mm, and I've, I've, I've hit my microphone again with my glasses. Uh, not uncommon on the Toronto beer podcast. It's sort of a, sort of the thing that I do. Mm. Mm hmm. Oh man. I like this beer. Uh, this beer definitely has some citrusy qualities, but the things that I actually get off it more are floral and uh, almost a peachiness. Um, sometimes we talk about stone fruit. Stone fruit is peach, apricot, plum. I suppose you could say nectarine. Do nectarines and peach, are they really that different? Mm, I don't know. But uh, definitely some stone fruit and specifically some peachiness to it. Oh, yeah, and floral. Um, yeah. I feel like there's something, a descriptor I'm missing about that floral quality. Mm. It's perfumey. 
it's got a very floral, perfumey kind of quality where I couldn't nail like nail it down like as if I know what one flower smells like versus another. Oh, that smells like a brown-eyed Susan. I don't know. It smells like a lazy Susan for all I know. But uh, it has a nice kind of florally, perfumey quality. Like I say, peachy. Uh, on the palate, I've already taken a sip. Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. Mm. There, I had another and I made it official by telling you. Uh, yeah, the thing that I love about this beer, it's not crazy bitter. Um, in fact, it's it's quite smooth and, and, and almost silky bodied with a drying kind of quality in the finish. Um, but it's definitely not sticky. Um, you know, not uncommon with, uh, with the, the big juicy IPAs, the big West coast fellas that you get a, a sticky resiny quality. That, that is actual literal resin from the hops, uh, in the beer and it's coating your teeth and your tongue. And like sometimes literally, if you're watching the video, you're seeing me do this, uh, as I'm thinking about it, if you're listening at home, I'm licking my teeth because my teeth are fine, but there are IPAs out there where when you have it, you literally, your teeth squeak with your tongue. Um, it's not doing that because it's not that kind of beer. It is a beautiful late hop edition IPA, very hazy, very cloudy, chunky, in fact, uh, but delicious. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a multi quality here, but it, it, it's just there to build a foundation to, to set hops on top of, um, if I had to, there's something more than just two row to it. There might be some, uh, I don't think it'd be crystal malt. It's not quite that sweet. Um, but a darker malt of some sort, maybe some Vienna malt or something like that, just to add a little bit of depth to the malt character, but it's just the, it's there. And, and if you go looking for it, you'll definitely taste some nice kind of multi grainy sweetness, but, uh, what you're really looking at here, this is a hop drink, and uh, and it is quite something. I will tell you, too, a lot of people uh, tell me, oh, I don't like those bitter beers. I don't like those big, crazy, hoppy IPAs. If you feel that way, that's certainly your prerogative. Um, you might do well to give this one a try, though, or one like it, um, because as I say, the bitterness isn't there. It's it, There's no perceived bitterness so much in your mouth. Um, just a ton of really juicy, like I say, peachy, maybe a little apricotty. Mm. And very floral. And yeah, there's a bit of um, lemon peel, maybe. Not orange. Maybe lemon or maybe a bit grapefruity. Could be a bit of grapefruit. Maybe some Cascade or something in there. Um, but a ton of peach, which I really enjoy. Um, just a fantastic beer. Like I say, uh, Ransack the Universe. The, the way Collective Arts works, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Um, if you're looking at home uh, on a screen, I should say. Um, they always have a section on the can, which I'm showing on the screen right now, that uh, is color coordinated. Ransack the Universe, it's always orange, and it will obviously say Ransack the Universe, and has some information about, you know, the brewery and what it was made with and that sort of thing. But then the rest of the can is um, like an, well, it's not an original to the can, but it's an original piece of artwork by an artist. Uh, and they have a whole process to submit artwork that gets um, adjudicated and then chosen. And um, so every can, I mean, there will be thousands of that particular print, but there will be, I think, nine or ten different prints at any given time that could show up on the cans. The cans always look different. It's kind of cool. Um, but Ransack, always the orange stripe on the can, and obviously it says Ransack the Universe. Uh, Life in the Clouds, if you're looking for it, light blue. Uh, 
Collective obviously also makes a ton of other really good beers, really good sour stuff, if that's your, your thing. Uh, Mash Up the Jam, really nice, but a lot of Berliner style, um, really good sour beers. Uh, but I tend to like the hoppy stuff. And uh, so that's where I always go, and especially Ransacking Life in the Clouds. Uh, almost always at my Loblaws, super easy to get my hands on. So they're real regular in my fridge these days. It's the old Ransack the Universe. Gosh, I love this beer. So, hmm. Let's talk about the chunks, which I just was reminded of as I took that sip. Again, showing the, uh, the kids who are watching at home. Um, I actually put a video up on Instagram. I say nothing to do with the chunks. It's everything to do with the chunks, but it has nothing to do with why the chunks are in the beer. But if you have a glass like I'm holding right now that's got chunk to it, like this does, if you twist it, you get a, 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 an example of what's called, I think it's Taylor... Kuei, Kuet, uh, flow. It's a type of laminar flow where basically um, the liquid ad immediately adjacent to the glass, touching the inside walls of the glass, when you twist the glass, that liquid wants to move with the glass, but the liquid in the center wants to stay. It's more inert. But what you get then is these layers of, uh, of <laughs> the, the chunks moving. It's, it's a fascinating, really fun, cool little physics experiment that you can do with your glass of beer if it's chunky all this to say i'm not talking about why it's chunky because it does gross some people out but basically what that is that is a combination of yeast and proteins uh, from the beer predominantly from the hops um, and what you get is it's another scientific term called flocculation that's a seven dollar word or whatever the saying is flocculation basically what's happening is you get uh it's almost like the way a snowflake forms you have a thing in this case it's probably a yeast molecule or a clump of yeast uh in suspension in the beer and it through i believe and i might be wrong about this but i believe through electrical charge uh positive and negative which hopefully you learned about in school um draws the proteins to it and they clump around it and they form these, in this case, rather large um, clumps uh, or chunks in the beer. Hoppier beers tend to have more because you get a lot more of the protein out of the hops. Um, but it doesn't have to be a hoppy beer to have that happen. Um, a lot of places will filter or actually more often than not these days, centrifuge, which I realize is strictly speaking a type of filter. Um, that particulate matter out. Some breweries, uh, collective among them, uh, leave it because it's not harmful. And while it's visually not particularly attractive, it looks like there's white chunks of crap floating in your beer. Um, you don't even notice it in your mouth. You don't feel them when you're drinking it. Um, and in reasonable quantities, they cause you no harm. That amount of yeast sediment could give you a bit of an upset tummy but i promise you um the alcohol poisoning would probably take effect before the yeast would get to you so that's really what you need to be worried about uh is not drinking too many beers at all chunky or otherwise um but yeah like i say a lot of places filter it out but obviously when you filter a beer you are removing solid matter and in the case of the chunks visually that's a good thing but you also of course are going to strip out some of the um, hops that are still in there because some of the hop particulate is actually big enough to get caught in a filter and if you remove it it's gone you won't taste it um, so in the interest of you know packing as much flavor punch as you can a lot of breweries just leave it and like I say it's not harmful if it's not your thing hey cool you don't have to drink that beer 
You could reach for a cold, tall bone shaker from Amsterdam, which I happen to know does get centrifuged and tends to be quite clear. Uh, not hazy or chunky at all. But if you like your hazy boys, as the cool kids call them, I couldn't say many better things about Ransack the Universe. Delicious. Like I say, nice, smooth, creamy body. Nice little bit of carbonation. It's not quite fizzy. It's just prickly and good. Oh, I like this beer a lot. Mmm. I should say, if you're listening at home, I didn't even describe it. It is um, sort of a medium gold, fairly opaque with, as noted, chunks. And in this case, a fairly low white head, although I know from experience you can get a pretty pillowy white head off of this guy. Again, all that protein um, in suspension in the beer tends to give good head retention. So it is a lovely, lovely beer from Collective Arts. What are you going to eat with it? Well... There's a thing about IPAs and spicy foods, which it's pretty hard to uh, avoid. Um, really bitter, dry IPAs work really well, I find personally with spicy foods, because the bitterness takes some of the edge off the heat, kind of plays clean up to the spiciness left in your mouth. Plus, they tend to be very, very, very flavorful, jam-packed beers. So if you're dealing with a lot of heat in your mouth, having um, a, a really flavorful beer can keep up with that, uh, which is good, I think. So we're going to go with something spicy. Now, maybe you dig on uh, eating birds, and if that's the case, I don't think you could do much worse than or much better, pardon me, than uh, chicken wings. Uh, you know, people like them spicy. Uh, of late, we've been doing a lot of tofu nugs in the buffalo style, as I like to say, like breaded and fried or sometimes pan fried, sometimes oven roasted. Depends on how uh, we're in. By we, I mean mostly my darling wife, Erica, who predominantly makes the tofu nugs uh, is feeling. But they are delightful. Uh, we also just recently learned if you freeze tofu, it becomes a little bit they kept using the word spongy, which I don't love because that's not an attractive texture to my mind, but certainly it changes the consistency in a way that I think is good. So get your extra firm tofu and freeze it and then thaw it, cut it into chunks, bread it, fry it and toss it like a chicken wing. And uh, good golly, you'll be happy as a clam at high tide. I just picked up some good hot sauces at the, uh, the Loblaws there the other day. I think it was from a company called Pepper North. I think that was the name. They had uh, one sauce had it. We'd had it previously called Momento del Muerte, which I believe, if uh, my Spanish is as uh, handy as it used to be, means the moment of death. And while I can confirm that it's a spicy hot sauce, I feel that that's perhaps a little hyperbole. But it is a delicious spicy hot sauce but i would actually recommend uh the other one the name of which is now escaping me but it's a pineapple hot sauce and i love this and you're gonna see why because the pineapple which you can definitely taste in that hot sauce and it's not as hot a hot sauce it's still quite hot it's hotter than frank's but it's not momento del muerte um the pineapple gives you a nice tropically uh fruitiness which i think would go really well with the beer uh, and then again, the, you know, the, the, the hoppiness of the beer is going to keep up with the spicy complex chicken wing or tofu nugget in this case. Um, and also help kind of take some of the edge of that heat off. So I think that would be, I would be very happy if somebody walked into this room right now and handed me a bowl of tofu nugs tossed in that hot sauce, the name of which escapes me right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, whatever you want to try with it, you know, think spicy, 
potentially fruity, which I know is something that uh, might sound a little counterintuitive, but spice and fruit, hot diggity damn. Oh, I'm just getting a message on my Instagram from my darling wife who is listening in the kitchen. It is Solar Flare. It's the hot sauce in question by Pepper North. Pepper North, I'm assuming a Canadian company. And you want to check out that Solar Flare. Hot damn, that's a good hot sauce. Had some of that on my uh, fish tacos last night. Holy moly, that was delicious. And now I'm trying to think, did I have a ransack with dinner? I either had a ransack or I had a space invader. Either way, it was very delicious. My kind of meal. Well, we got to move along, kids. We're at 20 minutes already. I haven't even done any other events or chatted to you about anything. Uh, So let's do that. I'm going to have one more sip here. Mm, Just to fortify me. Oh, man. As soon as I could drink that beer every day. I kind of do. Actually, I don't. Some people have asked me because I've made reference to it um, a few different times. I actually um, am doing a four day on three day off kind of drinking schedule and uh, it's working for me. So uh, typically tonight is the last night I drink until Friday. I have drinks on Monday, not on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. And believe me, those Wednesdays and Thursdays are challenging. And then I have a drink when I get home from work on Friday. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I love beer, but you know, it's absence makes a heart grow fonder. I guess they say, um, I would recommend give it a thought. It's not a bad, not a bad system that, um, or do it however you want. You know, some people just drink all the time and that's your prerogative, but some days off, uh, good for the waistline, good for the bank account. And, uh, yeah, doesn't hurt. You know, keep it in check, kids. That's what I'm saying. Okay, what do we got going on? Well, uh, fan appreciation happened at left field. I did not make it um, because I tend not to go out uh, as much as possible. But it did happen, and uh, it looked like a ton of fun by all accounts. Um, So that was great. Uh, Thank you to anyone who went out to that. Uh, Also, well, we talked last week about uh, Funk Fest tickets are on sale. You want to get those. But the one that I'm really into, oh, dear, I've really goofed here. I do not have my Facebook open. I have my beloved wife, Erica's. So let's just see how quickly I can log out. What I'm going to talk at you about is uh, friend of the pod. Uh, sorry, I can't do two things at once. There we go. Friend of the pod, Ren uh, Navarro, is hosting a, uh, a symposium on beer diversity, which is something near and dear to her heart. She's been on the podcast before. I think that was in season three, might have been season two, but you can look back in our feed and see. Uh, She was on talking about diversity in beer, which uh, she is uh, the reigning uh, authority on, which is great. So where, oh, where, oh, where are we? I want to get you the exact details on this uh, on, on this event, because I don't want to mess up the timing. Um, it would not do anyone, especially her, much good. Here it is. Uh, if I didn't get the dates right, so it is on March the 10th, 2020. It is in Hamilton. Uh, it is, uh, as I say, on beer uh, diversity. It's the Ontario Beer Summit. And uh, she's put out the schedule. It looks pretty cool. The website is OntarioBeerSummit.com. That's all one word. There are tickets available right now. Did I mention it was in Hamilton? Because I'm told it is. I'm not seeing the address, but let's go to the Beer Summit page and take a look. Uh 
If you're in the area and you can check it out and you are interested in beer and care about diversity, and actually, even better, if you don't care about diversity, first of all, fuck you, and second of all, go and get there. Care about it. Oh, I'm going to have to bleep that, aren't I? Shoot. It is at 47 Discovery Drive, Hamilton, Ontario, in beautiful, sunny Canada. Uh, There is... Brewing science and brewing operations, marketing and sales, hospitality and culture, day two, the same topics. There is great, great uh, speakers talking about a host of different aspects of uh, the brewing scene and also uh, the way diversity plays into that. I am seeing names here. I'm just going to start whipping them around. Matt Giffen's going to be there. Dusty's, oh gosh, Dusty, I'm sorry. Zamiknik. Okay, I have a tough name to say too. Don't sweat it. Uh, who else have we got? We got Tej from uh, 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 Merit is going to be there. Uh, Cam Fornica, Ren's going to be there. Day Bracy. I, I got to be honest, I actually don't know some of these people, but uh, it does sound like a lovely time. So head to OntarioBeerSummit.com, pick up some tickets. Uh, really, really good opportunity to meet with some like-minded people. I assume that there's going to be uh, drinks. Oh, look, I just, I should have scrolled down further. Here's all the people. Tiffany A. Davey, Tej, Paul Jones, Sarah Casorso, I think I said, Kelly Byer, Dusty, whose last name, sorry, Dusty, I'm not going to try it this time. Cam, oh, Spinny's going to be there. Oh, bless. Oh, I love Aaron Spinny. Mm. What a guy. Anyway, a uh, ton of cool sounding people are going to be there uh, talking about beer and diversity. So get in there, check it out and uh, yeah, become a better person and help other people be better too. I think this is the easiest way to say that. What else is going on? Oh, gee golly. I feel like somebody emailed me something and I'm looking and I'm not seeing it. And uh, I don't know. There was probably something in my inbox. So if that was you, Hey, my apologies. I, um, forgot anyway i think that's about it six nations is on this weekend we excited oh you bet we're excited still showing it down at the club bombing beach hit me up find me on socials or look up bombing beach junior rugby for details 20 bucks in okay beer selection but most importantly a great place to watch rugby and also support junior rugby which as i always say man we appreciate every person who comes out So that is going to be it for now. It is getting late on a Monday and there might be a snowmageddon. If there is, guys, be safe out there. Uh, Take care of each other. Watch out for people, especially the little ones. A lot of kids in and out of school right now with the strikes and all. A lot of parents feeling frazzled. It's tough. It's tough, man. You know, you, you want things to be simple and easy, but you want education to work and... Sometimes people got to do stuff and it's tough. So stay strong out there. If you're a teacher and you're walking, if you're a parent and you're struggling to get your kid taken care of while you go to work, I feel your pain. I really do. Um, But uh, know that this is for the best. So we're going to stick together, take care of each other and uh, be safe out there until I talk at you next week, which again, remember, might be a Great Wolf Lodge, not a beer mecca, but fun all the same. Or maybe earlier in the weekend, I will try 
and let y'all know via the socials, which by the way, I haven't mentioned in a while. Look us up, Facebook, Instagram, Toronto Beer Podcast, we're there, both of them. My name is Chris Schreier, S-C-H-R-Y-E-R. I'm easy, easy to find, and I'm always happy to hear from y'all. So get at me. Let me know what I think I should drink for uh, next week, the last flagship February beer. Uh, who knows? Could be something from the Niagara region. Oh, I have trouble saying goodbye, guys. I just don't want to stop, but it is time. It is time to say adieu, farewell, good night, and enjoy your evening. <laughs>